childhood memory that woke me up laughing this morning that I had to text my parents about. So (laughs) we, we grew up in the Bay Area. And so a lot of our friends growing up were either uh, either Asian or Pacific Pacific Islander American uh, or African American. And my sister went to a birthday party with a family who was Vietnamese. And so they all took their shoes off at the beginning of the birthday party. And then when they went to go leave the birthday party, my parents were like, Aaron, go get your shoes. And she's like, I can't. And they were like, why? And she was like, Mimi's grandma is wearing them. (laughs) (laughs) So my parents were like, okay, we'll just, we'll ask and and see if, you know, Mimi's parents can get the shoes. Like just not even thinking it'd be an issue. And so then my parents were like, hey, uh, your grandma's wearing our daughter's shoes. Uh, Let's not talk about how giant our white feet are, that that's possible for a child, an adult to share shoes. But uh, can we have the shoes back? And they were like, well, we can't disrespect grandmother (gasps) no they refused they wouldn't ask her for the shoot my sister just left barefoot (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and my sister was like i liked those shoes (laughs) i was like too bad now (laughs) respect first you know age before beauty honey (laughs) i know i know and i was like that's that's ballsy to just like pile of shoes gonna pick the ones i want no one's gonna ask shit for me i'm the i'm the elder what I'm picturing is the grandmother just going back into their her closet at the end of the day, and it's just like shelves of children's yeah, shoes that she's stolen at. Shoes. <laughs> and it was it was one of those things that like I think everyone just expected she'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought these were so and so's. Here you go," and that it just yeah. wouldn't be an issue. Nope. <laughs> no, I think that grandma knows what's up. I think. Yeah. <laughs> They Her like scheme. they just stop caring at a certain point. They're like, "What are they fucking gonna do? They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna- <laughs> I like these ones. You can have these ones. You can have my old ones." I love that also that a version of disrespect is asking for a property that doesn't belong to her. <laughs> like, how is that yeah. disrespectful? Okay, she stole well, something. You know, if you if you want to look at it, that is what white people do all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, um. it was a dose of our own medicine, probably. I'm just, mm. I was trying to think, did she stand there and try all of the other shoes on? Mm-hmm. Or can she just eyeball her foot size to know what fits her? Or do they all have the same foot size? <laughs> or, potentially, too, she's like ill like maybe she has dementia and she just like that was my thinking like now as an adult i'm like know. she probably just doesn't know and they were like yeah. we're not gonna fight it uh yeah bye bye shoes there is a thing with like <laughs> dementia people like people who have de- not dementia people but people who have dementia okay where they like you you if they say something you're not supposed to disagree with them even yeah. though oh yeah you gotta improv it like a, you gotta improv like, it oh, out no. Yeah, no, we we definitely live in the White House, Grandma. Yeah. Like that's for sure. Yeah. Like this yeah. is the White House. Yeah, this is the Oval and Office. Yes, we yeah. My grandma's had dementia for like fifteen years, and we don't disagree with her at all. Yeah, we're just like, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, you yeah. gotta yes and that shit. That's all. It like yeah. upsets them, and then they get <laughs> destabilized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and we kind of had this feeling of like she could be happy and wrong or upset all the time and still kind of wrong most of the time. (laughs) We're going to go with the former. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, let's start the podcast. Um, You guys, welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. Um, I, I am joined that. by my white friend Paige. Hi, Paige. Hello. <laughs> Paige, on a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? Uh, I have been baking all day, so I'm actually feeling sweet potato pie today. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Miss Patty up in here. Yes. Wow. Patty. Patty. I... And Crystal, on a scale from zero to African American, how are you feeling today? I am feeling. Um, like uh i guess a flat earther um like a black conspiracy theorist today <laughs> that is a really common one um uh, just because i started watching this uh australian procedural um called uh, janet king 
and the woman in it looks exactly like our mutual friend Katie French. And I'm like, <laughs> I texted her. I was like, "Bitch, what are you doing, my Australian procedurals?" And she goes, "Good day, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> so yes and today we have a hilarious guest uh and a good friend of mine um uh let's see what do i want to say before she's been on t on the tvs on the the amazons the hulus uh i'm uh she has an album out now. You can get it on her website. Um, download it, pay for it first, then listen to it, then laugh in that order. Madison <laughs> Shepherd. Hi. Does it truly matter that I does any of this matter anymore? I don't even know. Like, I'm like, I guess I I have been on TV, but like I know. There will, yeah. there, I feel like there's going to be a time before and after Rona. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's it's a hard reset on the career yes. and nothing yes. fucking matters. So I'll tell you what matters to me is your fabulous Prince shirt. That oh, is so great. <laughs> I was going to like shower and dress for this, um, mm, but no. I just didn't have it in me. I was like, let me no. just research again, review all my notes. From <laughs> the last time I did this podcast. Uh, I know. Yes. I should say this is a, a I guess a, a redo. It's a redo. It's a do over. Yeah. It's a, you know, because the first time we did it, um, that shit didn't record. Uh, I was not using my own equipment. Uh, I was trying to support black businesses. And <laughs> it's not her fault. I mean, it's a little yeah, bit her fault. Say, but to uh, be fair, like the six <laughs> episodes we taped thereafter were yeah, fine. They were, they were fine. <laughs> um, but yes, we did do this episode. Wanted it to be a part of the launch. Uh, didn't happen and so I wanted to make sure that it happened because it was a lot of really interesting information and I think we need you know I think we do need more like actual historical uh, information getting out there in light of all the conspiracy theories that people are spouting and believing I mean it used to be in a in, in a in a more innocent time it was you know in a theories about beyonce and the earth but now it's literally like conspiracy theories that will affect our health um so will literally kill people yeah yeah what's so. your favorite beyonce conspiracy the one that um she was carrying the solange's baby <laughs> see that's or like I vice versa no, yeah i think i think um, it's the other way around that there's a theory that this guy has a Solange actually carried Beyonce's baby. And <laughs> oh, my favorite is that Kelly Rowland and Beyonce are actually sisters. Like, oh, yeah. Kelly is an illegitimate, like, daughter of Matthew Knowles. Oh, I was going to say, my favorite is just that she's like 10 years older than she claims to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I actually believe favorite. that one, though. I do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hardcore. <laughs> because, you know, she uh, the timeline doesn't align. You know, it doesn't. I, she's she been looks in my life. Amazing. She does. She looks great for 47. You know, thank you, thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's a 50 year old woman out there doing it. You know what I mean? She yeah. step into that. I think, um, rather than the Illuminati, it's got to be what a vampirati like. Yeah, we were talking the other week about how Angela Bassett she's she was in Vampire in Brooklyn and how she's actual vampire because like aging she has not aged she has and i aged. think she, i think that's the true uh that is the true uh mason's club like that of black women is their vampires. every time i, I see that. her i am struck by her beauty like mm -hmm. i'm just like daywalker for so sure <laughs> yes there was this book by octavia butler which i cannot remember the name of right now it would make me seem like very like literate in black literature you know what i mean but like i can't very root very right <laughs> Like, I went to school for this shit, which I did not. Um, but I forget the name of it. But it's a book about a black vampire who's half, like, black woman and half vampire. And the vampires are trying to, like, kidnap her to steal her DNA because she can walk in the sun because of the melanin. Listen. I think I have read Believable. This book. Do you know what I'm talking Believable. about? Believable. So that's yes. Angela Bassett. 
You I mean you mean the autobiography of Angela Bassett? <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> I actually, I'm pretty sure I have read that book as a, book like has, a teenager, yes. and I do not remember the title of it because I, I don't I, remember I've the been title. Through many separate <laughs> vampire phases in my Same. lifetime, Same. and I that story sounds extremely familiar. <laughs> I love, I love that as a concept. And then on the show, this is not a vampire podcast, but on the TV show <laughs> version of things we of you know what we do in the shadows love we it have wesley snipes does like a cameo oh yes. and he's just like in the daylight like yes. on a plane and it's like oh yeah because black you know he's half you know what i mean and i'm like okay uh-huh. yeah so black people we are vampires yeah. let's spread the rumor can we start it here on the podcast now let's disseminate it says we're dis- it says we're giving out fake news anyways let's like fucking yeah. When we did Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, we established that there is a precedent for vampiric stories from the diaspora that are very interesting that they apparently chose not to use in that movie at all. So I, I would argue for fantastic black vampire stories. Yeah. I just imagine John Witherspoon walking into the writer's meeting as they're like <laughs> trying to research it. And then he slaps a book out of that. What you do with all that reading, boy? Like that's what I'm. He just like sprays the air with Lysol to get all the learning out. He's like, ah, ah. There ain't no motherfucking books, right? (laughs) Um, and that's and that's how they came up with the script. (laughs) Ahoy, motherfuckers! Ahoy, motherfuckers! (laughs) This line. Um, and Madison, on a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? Currently, I'm feeling very black. I mean, very uh, yeah. black for me. I mean, I am in a bonnet. I'm in a silk bonnet. Yes, you are. <laughs> it is I glorious. Am, you I, and Chris Evans. Have you seen those memes of him in a bonnet and long nails? Oh, yeah. That oh my god, it kills me. Oh, it's so Chris Jamal Evans. Oh, okay. I was like, I was thinking of a completely different no, Chris no. Evans. We're talking no, no, about no, that Chris no, Evans. One. Okay. There's America. a woman on Twitter who like, like him like the- she like puts anytime he like does that with his hand, she will like add long nails to his fingers and give him a bonnet and look amazing. up. Lo- and right now she's like live tweeting this um, uh, series that just came out with him in it. It's called <laughs> Defending Jacob. And I'm she keeps putting hashtag yeah. Defending Jaquan. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh the funniest. <laughs> yeah. Oh so she's like, why does Quan still have his computer? <laughs> <laughs> It's the best. She's oh my, the best. Okay, I'm, I've got images of it right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you haven't beautiful. seen it, pull it up, you guys. <laughs> um, but yes, you're. Yes, that's that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. He just got the, like, the little smirk in the hand, like <laughs> exactly. the, 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 the see this not we not fit. See this what we oh, not fit. This one hand. is amazing. You know, like, mm. <laughs> that. That's probably I think the best. Oh, one. amazing. Yeah, I oh, feel like Chris, so Chris Evans in a bonnet right now. I did also cut <laughs> off all my relaxed hair. I week. saw that. So I am feeling extra motherfucking melanated. Yes. Just nice. that natural core, that curl pattern just come out of my crown, honey. Yes. Let's go. Let's also, go. Also, because they said the beauty shops aren't going to open for like a year. So I was like, I mm. can't. What are we fooling with this? Yeah, so. YouTube tutorials in the world. Honey, I don't have the upper arm strength to reach the back of my head like that. I just can't get. It's never gonna be. It's always gonna be a little. I, I physically you know? can't reach it. I can never blow dry the back of my head. I have to go like upside down, and it's not quite right. Never have yeah. been able to. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to get the angle right. You have to really be skilled at yeah. that. Yeah, and you have to be like double jointed for that shit. And honestly, who needs it right now? I mean, any way that people are going to see me is going to be front facing in a photo anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't touched on the, the internet in two months. <laughs> I mean, I bought, I bought, I, I have wigs, but I bought a new one. And I'm like, you know, if it really comes down to it, if I get really feeling away, I'll just pop that wig on like a hat and call it a day. You know, I'm not going to do it down. I'm not going to do shit. <laughs> it's just going to be like on my head. It's gonna be fuzzy in the in the front facing in the zoom anyway. 
So you ain't really going to see that the lace is like just like, you know, like fried chicken on the top of my forehead. Like, But it'll give you a chance to do snatch reveals. It's true. Oh, yes. So I can pull out my three-year-old plaits, like my baby, my child plaits underneath the way. So that is to say extra black. Ten. Extra black. That's extra black, extra vampire black. Um. Why is that should be a nail color? Um, I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> it's just a Wesley Snipes skin color. <laughs> it's like a dark brown. Ooh, there is that sounds a good. famous nail color called Vamp, which is basically mm. dark brown. Oh, that exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very popular in the 90s. Of course, it was. Um, mm. I'm sure Lauren Hill wore it. Um, oh, definitely. She's currently on Sister Act Two. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I'm sure she signed her tax returns with it. Not. <laughs> Hold on, let me dip my nib in the in the pot of OPI, bam. You're like, Lauren, you can't do this. Is that why oh. she never turned them in? Exactly. Is it, is it like she's still waiting for the nail polish to dry. Yeah, she's, she's like, I don't have a UV light. What do you expect of me? <laughs> it's not, the gel's never gonna set. You know. <laughs> Uh, she's like okay, a dementia so- client no one disagrees with her they're just like yeah sure yep yep yeah yeah mm-hmm. of course that's right joyful joyful with- indeed mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay so madison what are you here to talk to us about today about today i am gonna be talking about one of the historic black neighborhoods in los angeles called central avenue Woo. Oh, central avenue central ave it was the west coast answer to harlem in Mm -hmm. the 20s 30s and 40s and then we're going to talk about that um i just want to shout out really quick before i get going on this uh portion of the pod with you guys um i got most of this information because i refuse to read anything Mm. but self-help in the quarantine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i got most of this information from two youtube documentaries you can find them one is called los angeles history project an ode to central avenue and the Black Beverly Hills, parts one and two by Khalif Bradley. Look, so. that's what I love about Black people, titling things very specifically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's a church, it's going to be First AME, founded by John Perkins, <laughs> the fourth <laughs> brother of Henry Louis Jones. Like, <laughs> that is the name of the church. I love that that's the title. It's like, Old, it's like so specific. You can't, you can't get it twisted. Worship of gladness, congregation, family. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Church where your mama went. Like it is so specific. I, I love think it. there's really a difference between the way black people name YouTube documentaries and white people name YouTube documentaries. <laughs> First of all, black YouTube documentaries tend to be researched. White YouTube documentaries is just a guy staring too close into a web cam and it's just titled <laughs> Illuminati Lizard Reveal Donald Rumsfeld. And you're just like what is happening? What are they talking about? Why are there pictures of Rihanna turning into a lizard? Um okay, so you watched these two and what did you find? I mean, I don't know anything about I okay. never knew anything about this. How did you even stumble upon this? Well, okay, so I and I mentioned this before, but I have always wanted to write a TV show or a movie based on a historical, like this historical black neighborhood in Los Angeles, because I think we see a lot of like black media um, about New York in the twenties, but we don't Mm -hmm. learn about, or like the rural South in the twenties, but we don't Mm -hmm. have in the thirties, but we don't really see like Los Angeles and, you know, and not black, not the black version of LA. No, and it's a completely mm-hmm. like it's it is you know it mirrors white society, but because there's so much like segregation and like literal laws that prohibited black people from engaging in white society as white people would, like it's an entire like segregated area that has its own blooming economy and housing structure and social structures, and it's just very fascinating. Do you have a theory um, about why it's not covered? because <laughs> um, people hate black people I don't know like, no I mean like I, I didn't mean to laugh okay, at you I, but I was like well yeah that's the reason Crystal 
No, I mean, like, why Why does the... See, I have a theory about why New York and the South get more, like, right. get more coverage, yeah, in the media for that time period. And my theory mm-hmm. is because there's a way that, like, the the scenery in both of those places can look impoverished. And yes. I think it's harder for, like, you know, like, even older L.A., like with all its palm trees, like even yeah. even um like Boys in the Hood, like you look at those first few scenes, it doesn't really look poor. Like yeah. especially not to people in other countries. They're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you guys are in houses, like right houses that are far <laughs> apart, that yeah. aren't like right next to each other. Like uh, people, like when I went to school in the UK, they're like, "Is your family rich?" Because mm-hmm. I showed them a photo of my house, mm-hmm. and it was like you know there was space between the land. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was like very closed in for LA but it yeah. seemed like I was very wealthy to them because of yeah. my house exactly being, being detached um yeah that I is think the dream. I, I think also um it's just not covered as much because I don't think frankly I feel like in the history of America in general because California is a newer state it, it became a state directly after the civil war um I think that people sort of disregard it. And there is a lot of conversations about LA that is LA doesn't have culture. LA doesn't have history, but actually it does. And it dates back a long fucking time before, you know, it has a long history uh, as a part of Mexico. And it just, there is a myth that there isn't history in LA. And so I don't think that people care about it. And also maybe because the people who make movies live here and they don't appreciate that. And they also, Mm -hmm. I mean, made a lot of imports, right? They were like, I mean, you know, you guys grew up in California. It's like when you're a young person in California, for example, you just want to leave California for a time because you're like, ugh, this weather and palm trees, boo. (laughs) 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 Like, I want to go someplace where it rains. (laughs) See, I grew up in the rainy part of California, so I left for the palm trees. But now I would give anything for rain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, I find this very fascinating. I think also on a personal note, I think because there is such a disconnection between me and my black family, um, I have always been super intrigued by black history, uh, my whole life, just because there were, even though I like, I lived in a black neighborhood and, you know, I grew up around black people. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't like direct, like hi- oral histories being given of my family and where they were and what we were doing and, and all of that. So I've always sort of been interested in history of the history of black people in America. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, maybe I can fill in some gaps that, uh, <laughs> for my fucked up family tree. I don't know. I so. think that's interesting because like, I would say that's, part of your experience is also my experience in terms of like not getting the oral history but I think probably because like because I was around my black family I just thought that was normal for that for nobody to be talking about anything (laughs) so I did it never prompted me to research because I'm like I guess I I guess I'm not supposed to know (laughs) (laughs) that's so lazy (laughs) I know Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is because I'm like, okay, let's get off of my, off of our asses and like, learn, finally learn about these things that I have maybe like tertiary interest in or, or it is more close, but I just never got around to it. So yeah, Yeah. but that's really, okay. So that's, so that's where you're, that's your starting point in terms of even wanting to know about this. Right. Yes. Um, so Okay, so for me, um, like, I, I just find it fascinating. And maybe I'll I've written like plays about this time period. Like I just I need to like write like something to be filmed. what's the name of one of your plays? <sighs> I have one. You don't want to name it because we could research <laughs> it and find it. No, I think it's like, y- you wouldn't be able to find footage of it or anything. But it's, uh, one is called like consider the night and whatever. Um, I had a whole life before comedy. Yeah. <laughs> rediscovering now that I don't have comedy. Uh-huh. The quarantine. That's kind Thanks of what Obama. we all do. No, <laughs> yeah. Before comedy, I just worked in a cookware store and baked bread all the time. So. So, okay. So 
like I said previously, like Central Avenue was like a, it's a historic black neighborhood um, in Los Angeles. It's located east of downtown and it stretches from downtown L.A. to Slauson Avenue, which is like a huge area in Los Angeles. Um so it's like an area that goes from downtown LA all the way to Slauson. It's a huge stretch. Basically, um, there's a ton of black historic neighborhoods in Los Angeles. This is just one of them that I'll be focusing on now. Um, so, you know, there's like View Park, Baldwin Park, parts of Pasadena, Altadena. Um, black people lived everywhere because that is how black people are. We just are everywhere, you know, same as everyone else, even though our histories of cities is often mm-hmm. like now, you know, LA... LA was, you know, back when it was founded by like explorers from Mexico and Spain and like, you know, there's black people Mm -hmm. there at the founding of Mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Like we have always been in Mm -hmm. LA, you know, when people say there's no black people in LA, it's like, well, no, that's definitely not true. Um, There are plenty of black people here. You just got to know where to find us. Okay. Now all that being said. There should be a tracker. Oh no, that's wrong. No, we don't need a tracker. (laughs) I don't think you want to sign up for that, Crystal. I was thinking like a food truck map, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a bad idea. (laughs) Where are the black people at? No, just look for where the Nipsey and Kobe murals are. That's true. That's where we stay. That's where we stay at. Um, So, okay. So this, you know, in L.A., there used to be something called redlining, which is like black people could have these invisible walls around their neighborhoods that said, like, you can live here. And it's not... So much there was actually a line drawn around it or there was actual walls prohibiting. But there were laws set up where like black people couldn't even like you couldn't even not only purchase land or you couldn't even rent a house on or an apartment that was on certain mm-hmm. land. Um, and that was because there were covenants or clauses in lease agreements and real estate agreements back in the day that said only white people can occupy this mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> There, in, in response, there was like a huge thriving community along Central Avenue. Um, and the, the time that I'm kind of focusing focusing on is from like 1920 to like 1950, because the laws changed by the Supreme Court. And though it was still complicated for black people to buy land in Los Angeles outside of Central Avenue and all these other districts, it was actually like legal that they could. And so black people started buying you know, that's when we have Baldwin Hills and View Park and Ladera Heights, which are like, you know, Black Beverly mm-hmm. Hills, right? Okay, so the people who lived <laughs> in along Central Avenue in the like 20s, 30s, and 40s are like the children and grandchildren of slaves and sharecroppers. So these are people who migrated during the Great Migration. A lot, a lot of reason why there's a ton of Black people in cities now is because after slavery ends and we go through the quote-unquote reconstruction period, a lot of Black people, and then into the Jim Crow era, a lot of Black people left the plantations and left the rural South and moved into big cities, Mm -hmm. right? So Black people really start beating up in this motherfucker in the turn of the last century, okay? We really out here in these city streets, (laughs) living a city life, you know, it's very great. So, um, like I said, there's like a ton of segregation, right? We don't need to go into the details of it. It's horrible. There's lynching. There was even, when people say like, oh, racism doesn't exist in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it's bullshit, right? Because, you know, in the night, what year was this? Ugh, I wish I, I know I wrote it down somewhere, but now I can't find it. But can you not? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. Okay, go lay down and get out of here. I love you. <laughs> He's like half asleep right now. Knowing that a really, you know what? Asian people are not allies right now. He just said he's going to pass a law saying that black people can't cross out of the living room of this apartment. Do you see that shit? Mm. So there was like a KKK rally. I can't even. Okay, there was like a KKK rally in. Um, the 1920s where like 2000 members of the KKK marched down the streets of downtown LA in protest of its black residents Mm -hmm. and to let them know that, Hey motherfucker, we Mm -hmm. are here Negroes. Trust me on that Mm -hmm. one. So like there's a huge surge in the black population of Los Angeles um, in the early 1900s. So like the 1900s, uh, 1900 census, there was about 7,000 black people 
1930, uh, 30 years later, there was 38,000 black people just to kind of show the increase of black people in the area. And I think by the 40s, it, there was, it had doubled. Yeah, it was like almost 80,000 10 years later uh, due to the Great Depression and stuff. So it's really hard for black people, you know, <laughs> at this time. You couldn't get insurance. You couldn't own land. You could not vote. If you went to white own stores you couldn't like get the actual price of an item so you know sometimes something would be listed as a dollar in the price but black people you know black tax we would be paid we would be paying like a dollar fifty like it was just a crazy increase just because they didn't want black people to shop so i go into walgreens (laughs) and i'm like and what year is this what year is this 1942 yep and i go in for my african pride hairspray <laughs> and your Amazonian play. Yes. And your and your edge My control. Edge control. <laughs> Super old. Um <laughs> Yeah. And I've added it all up in my mind and it's fifteen twenty-five. Yeah. And I get to the register. Even after entering in my Walgreens club card. And these I bitches mean, no are like remember. Twenty nine ninety nine. I think, you, I think yeah. you forgot a step What's... where they'd have to unlock your beauty products because right. they put yours behind a cage <laughs> right. and none of the That's other right. ones because right. they're racist exactly. as well. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's some bullshit. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. what's going on. So you know, but during this time, you know, there this is like the, during the Harlem Renaissance time period, just to kind of give people a little bit of you know the parallel. Does this this is it's area like, have its own like a, a name like that? Like the, there was Harlem Renaissance. Do they have Central? They just called it Central okay. Ave. Yeah, so Central Ave was the neighborhood. That it was dotted with like jazz clubs, and in 1928, they built the first black only. Um, fancy pants hotel in Los Angeles so like black entertainers when they came to LA they didn't stay at the Biltmore and they didn't stay at the Beverly uh, Hills Hotel because they weren't allowed to to stay there they stayed at the Dunmar Mm -hmm. Hotel which is now I believe an old folks home uh, assisted living for elderly Mm -hmm. people so um, you know and all of like you know who's who of like black life during that time stayed there. Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Cab Calloway, Langston Hughes, W. Dubois, like all Louis Armstrong, mm-hmm. all these people stayed there, right? And so it has a huge jazz corridor there. Um, there was the most popular club, according to this granny who was in this PBS documentary, <laughs> she shouted out her favorite club. They did this granny rock. She had on her favorite silk suit, you know, her pantsuit from the 80s. It was white. She had her hair mm-hmm. done. And uh, she, they just had her on a, a, a dance floor surrounded in darkness, illuminated by a disco. Oh, wow. Like, it was very, <laughs> like, you know, Club Alabama. Club Alabama. Club Alabama, honey. And doesn't that sound kind yes, of fun? Yes, it does. I would go there. <laughs> There's, like, a history of, like, kind of, like, racist you know like the cotton mm-hmm. club you know there's like some like a lot of like you got away from it but you yeah. ain't that far bitch mm-hmm. kind of names of places back then so um yeah so you know then the great depression hits you know and, and everyone's unemployed black people got fired in crazy amounts they were the first ones to get fired from places and the last ones to receive government assistance so there was people literally starving in the streets of central ave no work, no money, housing. People oh, you mean like now? Got yes, it. basically. Yeah. 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 Like if you look outside, <laughs> okay. it's kind of like If that. you look at your bank account right now, you go, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did have to wait a month to get my fucking EDD to come through with my government money. And I was like, oh, y'all trying to starve me out. <laughs> but I would not, I would certainly not. Uh, there's a lot of people equating right now oh no or jail yeah or and it's like this is not that honey we have cable yeah yeah we have the internet although i follow quite a few people in jail on tiktok so you know (laughs) me too that's the best tiktok (laughs) 
I'm learning all kinds of jail recipes and like what yeah. they can do Are with cup serious? soups and pork rinds. Yes. Yeah. All, they, there's a very famous uh, jail podcast. What? Wait, oh, I know about Ear Hustle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Ear Hustle's that. great. That one, yeah. I understand. But TikTok, my guy. TikTok. And I'm like, you're trying to get like in trouble. <laughs> like that is definitely not allowed. I see all the people like secretly TikToking on their break in the grocery store that they worked, but not jail. Wow. Yes. I mean, jail. <laughs> jail TikTok is is popping. Please find it. I'm sure I can send it. Send me there. Send me uh, who to follow. Okay, and don't I snitch will. on them or else you'll get your wig split. Correct. <laughs> That's right, Paige. Can snitches? I mean, can Takashi Six Nine fucking go somewhere? Oh, yeah. I mean, Girl, this is cool. he, he did have to go somewhere. They found him. Jail TikTok. He's do, he's doing serving time at his house right now with a <laughs> lace front wig him. on. He had to move. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with witness protection on that one. When when you tattoo your name all over your damn face. Right. Wow. <laughs> fucking idiot. Okay. <sighs> <clears throat> so we. We kind of touched on this since the last time I did your podcast in December. And now I have still not listened to the episodes of your other podcast page about about Father Father Divine. Divine. I still have not listened. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I don't have endless free time right now. Um, I mean, it's it's essentially a, a very similar story, just on the other side of the country. And then he does eventually visit California, specifically Central does. Avenue, a couple times. He does, mm-hmm. and he's one of the people that like kind of helps put through this landmark um, case, um, which I stupidly did not Google the name of, but you can do this yourself. So. They, they can Google it. Yeah, they can Google it. Um, so, like I said, Slauson is the dividing line, mm-hmm. and um, I know Slauson. The swap meet. Swap meet. Swap meet. Swap meet. Yes. That's where the DDs is, too. Okay. And the rainbow. DDs. DDs That's and the rainbow. Right. Discounts right. and deals, honey. <laughs> so this black family in 1941, and I should, again, I should have Googled who they were, but I'm sorry. I just ran out of energy because I was fearing for my life in quarantine. Um, Look, they were probably tired. You're tired. Right. I'm. That's fine. The ancestors forgive me. Um, (laughs) So they tried to like move into a house and purchased a a, a land and built a house um, south of Slauson in 1941. They got bomb threats. They got people leaving notes all over their house, like move the fuck out in not such kind words, you know. Mm -hmm. So they eventually were evicted from the land and property that they owned and jailed for living in their houses in Los Angeles. Mind you, this is during World War II. So, like, literally the woman's husband was overseas fighting for this country. And Mm -hmm. here his family was purchasing a home and trying to live in the home that they owned, being evicted from it and jailed because they were black. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, Father Divine is shouting them out. Like, they're getting a lot of media coverage. They're doing protests up and down Central Avenue. You know, they're really mm-hmm. getting active. This is before the hashtag Black Lives Matter. But if that was this time, it would be hashtag Black Lives Matter, yes. you know, type of thing. So, anyways, wait. they take. Mm. Wait, so wait, let's back up. Remind me yeah. who Father Divine is. Okay, so. Paige, tag team. You're welcome. So. <laughs> Father Divine uh, started a religious movement in New York, um, but he based it around basically lifting up the black community around him. So his church would eventually buy up businesses and land in parts of Harlem and Brooklyn, and then they would employ black people in times when black people couldn't get jobs. And part of the reason that he got involved in this housing dispute is because 10 years previous, he had the same dispute. So he had moved and purchased a house in upstate New York, um, essentially for his church. And so he had people in and out of there all the time. So it wasn't just him and his black family. It was dozens of black people all the time coming to his services, hearing him speak. He would feed like 3000 people a week. Uh, he just also believed that he was Jesus and it was, oh, it's complicated anyway. No. So like he was good, he, but also like bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those dudes that's like, he did a lot of good for essentially believing he was God and being kind of a problematic person in general. <laughs> a um, prophet. That's what he called himself. Yeah. So he, they attempted to evict him from that house. 
and okay. he owned it and he went to jail for it a couple times. And in the end, he won. And the other people that lived around him tried to sue him for lowering the property value. And he was like, mm. um, everyone is poor and starving and I'm feeding them. So mm-hmm. who's actually lowering the value of this community and he ends up winning and they keep that house for a long time and then they sell it at way above market value to buy a hotel in brooklyn which they then convert into basically a clubhouse but yeah like mickey mouse more like uh <laughs> more like, the, like the clubhouse next to vaughn's or john's in los Feliz. <laughs> oh god <laughs> they do improv shows three te- you know seven days a week um they have three Can't different stages right you it need was, the door code to get in it was a place where all of his followers could essentially have a place to live and they wouldn't have to pay rent and mm. the, it basically in return they would work for one of the businesses that he owned the flip side of it was they also had to remain completely abstinent and not drink and he had megaphones rigged through the entire house to basically blast sermons at them 24 7 this is Um, like that reality show with all those hot people where they're not allowed to hook up yeah but he would also feed them three (laughs) meals a day he was there like with them i mean it sounds like a cult it sounds like a cult oh it's stone cold a cult but like it's one of the few cults where you're like at the end of the day, fewer people were harmed than, than like <laughs> than did good. And some of his uh, last few adherents, if you want to call it, are still alive. And they're actually oh. on their last compound. I believe it's in Connecticut or Philadelphia. Wow. No, Connecticut. Yeah. Where oh. they basically, one of the members had a mansion and left it to them in their will. Damn. And so the money from the group, basically the cult, and that mansion has funded their like every meal, all their jobs. And so there's a group of like 10 elderly people just living out the rest of their days in comfort because of Father Divine. Because they're the sick. only ones left. Yeah. Okay. And so, and what you're saying is that Father Divine knew about the protests mm-hmm. in, at, Los in Central. Okay. It was mm-hmm. national news. They, they took yeah. their case to their appeals case from L.A. City Court all the way up to the Supreme Court, where it was deemed unconstitutional to say that, like, land can only be owned and uh, occupied by white people. Mm-hmm. And this is in 1948. Like, this is relatively new history, yeah. right, when this happens. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean that, like, there's still and still aren't housing battles to be fought by black people, but, like, damn like that's pretty Mm -hmm. recent um Mm -hmm. and i just want to say too that at this time in america i had a statistic that said in los angeles during this time period 37 percent of the black population owned their homes only 37 percent which is kind Mm -hmm. of a low number when you consider that like you know majority of americans in general own like 70 percent like most Mm -hmm. majority of people own um I just want to say that in 2019, I read a statistic. I Googled it. Who knows how true it is? But that, <laughs> like, black home ownership is currently in America 40 to 41%. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't raised that much. We're talking three or four points, yeah. you know, give or take. So it's still a battle that we're trying to win. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, you know, this case happens and it kind of breaks up Central Avenue. Central Avenue was a place where everybody, it was a small town within a big city and everybody knew each other. Everybody, you know, helped each other out. And due to economic upturn, uh, downturn of, you know, the Great Depression, then followed by the war. And then, you know, once housing, people could buy places in Baldwin Park and View Park and Ladera Heights and anywhere in the city, Beverly Hills, um, Black people sort of moved all over Los Angeles mm-hmm. and the neighborhood fell into disrepair for many years, many, many years. And then mm-hmm. there was a huge resurgence in the area because they had like, they, they still have the central Avenue jazz festival every year, every summer, um, which has like food and like other sort of like merchants and vendors selling stuff. And then like basically a full festival calendar uh, uh, or agenda of, of uh, live jazz performances and 
South Central. And it's, you know, it's now mostly like a Latinx neighborhood. And so it's just mm-hmm. a really, it's it's kind of dope how it's sort of come, come back around um, to being a cool place like it used to be, you know, yeah. nearly 100 years ago. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's Central Avenue. Yeah. And that show, you know, those are the key events of it. And uh, I, I mean, it to be historically significant still and kind of cool. I, so I think we talked about this last time, but I just, I'm curious because I've forgotten. <laughs> but um, yeah, I am curious about like your thoughts on what it is that happens when you know, as Black people were allowed to purchase homes and live places outside of that area, what happens to that area? Is it just like it, the the community aspect gets watered down? Is it mm-hmm. like, you know, I hear this phrase that a lot of Black people say a lot, you know, we don't help each other out. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, like the, that spirit just dissipate with people's social mobility. Yeah, I think so. Also, because there is something of, you know, sometimes when people get ahead, they don't reach back to help those who are in need behind them. Like they sort of open the door for themselves and then shut it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that definitely happens. Um, Yeah, I, I think that it's more of an issue of, you know, I don't think that that neighborhood could be recreated today simply because of social media and the way community looks now is much different, right? Like it's definitely more virtual and especially in a pandemic, it's certainly super virtual. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's less about a location and a time and a place. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that particular neighborhood, like a lot of affluent black neighborhoods, um, like there was a riot in Oklahoma city with black people in the thirties, which the name I'm forgetting of right now, but there was a huge riot where like all these black businesses were burnt down. Oh um, yeah. That's at the beginning it, of uh, Tulsa. Watchmen. Yes. In Tulsa, the, Oklahoma. The, the Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma Tulsa bombings. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, there's just a history of, of anytime black people kind of get a little bit of forward motion in this country, something happens to take, take what they're they've earned away from them so yeah i mean the prophet kanye west he's been relatively quiet you know what he's been very quiet during the pandemic and i find that to be kind of interesting although i'm sure if he were to like get on twitter right now he would be like everybody watch plandemic and blow your mind he's hiding out in his ranch in wyoming (laughs) yeah just away from all of it Working on his textile mill. Actually, I've been, I've uh, somehow in my feed, several articles came up about how uh, Kanye's been getting on Kim's nerves. (laughs) (laughs) No, really? (laughs) Yeah. All day long, every day. All the, this is probably the first time in their relationship where they literally just had to be together alone yes. for an extended <laughs> amount of time. Because they're all so busy and working, they don't just spend that much time together. One of the quotes I, I read was, Kim's just frustrated that Kanye never asks what he can do to help with the kids. <gasps> what she expects? Yes. What did she yeah. expect? I know. And I mean, it's is like the nanny it, frustrated I, that Kim doesn't ask what she can do to help with the kids. <laughs> is the but nanny's the, assistant also frustrated? That's a better question. But the thing that's so funny about that quote is like, it's so like, there's nothing incendiary about it. It's all I'm like, I 100 believe I 100% believe that Kim's has said that because it's a very it's a it's a very typical thing in a relationship. It's not about not caring for the kids or not being willing to. It's like one person's just upset because they haven't asked how they can help, right? Like, mm-hmm. and when you are around each other twenty four seven, you start to see the types of the, the small inconsiderate things that people do mm-hmm. that. Uh, otherwise it wouldn't bother you if you were just outside of the house you know <laughs> I mean like my boyfriend currently coming into his own kitchen to get a diet coke <laughs> in, on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> oh to be fair like that just happened um yeah so uh, as the prophet Kanye once said um <laughs> 
we're living the American dream. The people highest self got the lowest self-esteem. And (laughs) I do think there is something about like, there is um, like at first the lie was the American dream. And then I think that lie got more insidious where it was like, okay, like we can't, we're not going to be able to fully take away the American dream from you. So we'll just lie to you about how we're getting it. Mm. And then, so then what happens is in like, People have this either weird or just very isolated opinions about what it takes to achieve the American dream. And they don't see the full picture of like how other people got it, which is like a lot of times through networking and like having Mm -hmm. built in family wealth. Right. They just think like, okay, I I can move anywhere now. Like that means I can do anything. Right. And I think that community aspect that is inherently built in, in the way that like white supremacist society works and helps each other. Um, I think that got broken down in, in very visibly what I, I think it's like, it's evident in the central app story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, black celebrities like lived in and still currently live in Ladera Heights View Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baldwin Hills you know Tina Turner lived there Ray Charles lived there um, Carrie McMillan lived there in fact I had a boyfriend back in the day whose uncle very successful accountant mm-hmm. had a home mm-hmm. in View Park and he was like that's where Terry McMillan lives and I was like oh my oh. god <laughs> now have you seen Waiting to Exhale yes yeah oh, you have yeah well when I did you see it as a child because wow. okay, so here's the thing about li- growing up in the hood nobody's parent <laughs> is around like I just spent a lot of time completely unsupervised <laughs> by adults so if somebody's mom this did happen one summer so when I was in like maybe fourth grade or something whenever went into excel came out on VHS somebody's mom had purchased it mm-hmm. and when that bitch went to work we popped that hole in the VCR and nah. was edified <laughs> I had the soundtrack. I mean, it was a very... I mean, the soundtrack was bomb. It's fantastic. Nothing but bangers. All bangers, period. (laughs) I mean, the movie is a lot of the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) How do you feel about that movie being set in Phoenix, Arizona? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that... Did it even register to you? No, I just... I as a child, I just assumed it was California. I haven't watched Except, it as yeah. an adult, so I don't know. I, there's a lot of things about it that suggest California, which would make infinitely more sense. More and then sense. Yeah. watching it as an adult, there are now there's a few different places that say Phoenix, and then when you look up information about the film, it's set in Phoenix. It's set in Phoenix, and they're yeah. girl, and they have several long conversations about how they can't find no good man and they're all clearly looking for black men and it's like bitch you in Phoenix, <laughs> you in Phoenix. <laughs> my goodness I revisit it it's it's worth a it's a worth a rewatch oh, I might if I can get my I don't know about you guys I haven't been able to really watch anything uh of that has like a story arc to it you know what oh, I mean really? there's like drama mm-hmm. or in, mm-hmm. I don't have it in me to watch it during the pandemic <laughs> I can't. It's a lot of like children's programming, cartoons, Ghibli films. That's good. I've I've been watching Jack Ryan, actually. Oh, that's very my parents. Intense. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I see. I see you. Uh, I I can't throw any stones at that glass house because my husband and I watched a German sci-fi drama series on netflix that we had to like watch with, oh, like, the one about the cave? yes it's so good i had to stop watching it at a certain point because i was like this is too much my boyfriend watched it in a day like we, finished. we watched we it in two it. and a half days yeah the whole yeah. thing yeah no it was wild mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, um but yeah no I, we've been watching a ton of stuff but that's just because i'm working and i'm like i might that's sometimes yeah. that's the only thing my brain can handle is like let me escape to another world that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with me. Although Jack Ryan is difficult because it's like the first season is literally what happened is what's happening now with a more sinister element to it. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, John Krasinski can get it. Um, yeah, facts. You know what? <laughs> Always. True. Uh, I've been very upset that his girlfriend on the show is not American. 
and clearly not American, but she's playing an American. And it's oh. like, bitch, get a speech coach. Like mm. that kills she's me. She's Australian. That bothers the fuck it. out of me. If I can, if I can see through your accent. No. Yes. Because here's the thing. When, whenever like Australians, British or Canadian actors get highly emotional, they drop some vowels. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. ain't American. They put some trip songs in there <laughs> that we don't really fuck with. And I'm like, you are, get out of here. Taking my good American job. <laughs> Give this job to a white lady actress. You don't deserve this, Kate, or whatever you're doing. There's name is. like three people that listen to this in Australia for some reason. And um, <laughs> I hope they're not Australian. <laughs> they know what the fuck I will I'm talking say, about. Devil's advocate, we've also been rewatching True Blood. And if you want to see Australians turn in some decent southern accents, that's the place to see it. Well, you know what? To be and fair, the southern accent is very It's close. It's very similar. like it's it's easy to slide from British and Australian into Southern into accent Southern, because yeah. the Southern accent is actually a British accent with mm-hmm. a few hundred years between mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Irish too. Oh, it's, it also took six episodes to get a black woman on that show with a line. Um, so that's <laughs> Jeez. needed to be point out. Jack Ryan, you know, work on your diversity. There's black women in the CIA. I'm sorry. Do we think we're um, going to shoot, make new TV shows after this? Or are we just stuck with, what we have what are what do you guys think i think we're stuck with what we have at least for a few years mm. uh i i would say for probably at least a year i think we're stuck with what we have just because that's what it'll take for people to film and like post prod and get stuff out yeah. um yeah i think we might I, be stuck for a little bit i think we might get a few i don't know like which ones they'll be but i think the issue will come down to who on the staff can be reasonably tested and like how like how um limited is their like environment outside of work um like i think like there are people that could go back to filming if everybody on set you know like for example like the uh, i watch the mass singer don't judge um <laughs> <laughs> you're being judged but, uh, <laughs> But they, so it's like, I think there's like 12 or 14 episodes, but they film um, most of those within a period of like um, a couple weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just film all the episodes like in one day. Um, And so I think shows like that, where they could like potentially test everybody, film a bunch within like one or two days and then be done and like, you know, make sure everything's highly sanitized or whatever. Yeah. I think Um, like unscripted and game shows could probably get away without having like audience and could have a limited crew and stuff like that. But by scripted comedies, by scripted drama, (laughs) nice to have known you. Um, Thank God we have, we lived in the golden, we lived in asterisk golden age of streaming television because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think we just have to rewatch what we already got yeah i think it'll come back I, eventually but it's gonna be a bit yeah. a couple of years yeah um well let me ask you this before we sign off um madison um have you uh ever revoked anybody's black card no <laughs> no you're saying you say it so sweetly. Not in earnest, anyway. Oh, not in earnest. Oh, okay. But, you know, but no. I generally, as somebody whose blackness is often called into question and called to accounts, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've discovered that my hair is 4A. You know what I mean? Like, I have very <laughs> nappy fucking hair. So we won't be doing that going forward. But anyways, mm-hmm. I just don't want to call other people's blackness into account. I don't think it's yeah. my place. Yeah. I don't give a shit, ultimately um because we're we've been been discriminated against in similar ways uh and have Mm -hmm. a similar history and i just don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it personally absolutely no i get it um although i have but not in earnest (laughs) (laughs) i uh i was re-listening to like a promo for one of the shows when uh um one but one person that we had on the show mm-hmm. had her uh black card revoked because she hadn't seen a specific episode of Martin. Wow. I know. I black was like, people are cold rude. as fuck, dog. They really <laughs> tyrants up in here, dog. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, no, it's uh it's it's a ruthless game and we're trying to win it. Um yeah. 
<laughs> will Madison tell people where they can find you? Well, you know, are you still doing, are you still going live from time to time? I, you know, no, I'm not. I just don't have it in me to, I, yeah. I, that's not true. I've been writing a lot during this quarantine and that is a blessing, but it's also a curse because who knows when anything will be made or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I do have plans for some form of content to come out because mm-hmm. I've always been DIY as fuck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I always make my own opportunities and I will continue to do that. So mm-hmm. if you want to find out, you know, more about me, you can visit my website, themadisonshepherd.com. You can also purchase my album for $5. Thank God I've recorded an album before all of this. Yeah. Down <laughs> Thank God. I do have a document of my standup uh, up to this point. Um, you can find that on my website for five bucks. Buy it directly from me. It will go all proceeds go to me and I'm poor. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Madison underscore Shepherd, S-H-E-P-A-R-D, or on Twitter at Madison Shepherd. Awesome. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please follow the show. I guess, uh, yeah, it seems like all of us have some uh, online shows coming up from time to time. So check those out. If you follow us on social media, you can find out about those and tune in. And until then, we'll be black next time.